Voice of America, Washington, D.C., signing on. Another episode of Radio Contra, the podcast of AmericanPartisan.org and hosted by me, the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, best-selling author. I love to point that out. Best-selling author on Amazon of The Gorilla's Guide to the Balthing Radio. Of course, NC Scout coming at you live once more, joined by a very good friend in here, Mr. Robert Griswold, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> the guy behind all of the operations day to day at Ready Made Resources. What's going on, brother? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, well, you know, the world's just such a pretty tame place anymore. I don't know if there's really much to talk about. I don't know why we have these podcasts. I mean, you know, everything's going well. Uh, <laughs> peace on Earth, you know. <clears throat> uh, yeah. I, you know, I, I started prepping in the early 90s, okay, around 1992. And I, I remember I was always been a kind of a news junkie following the news just, you know, because I had a my religious views and my historical views have an idea of where where the country was going. And, you know, back then you might see an event a month that was noteworthy to talk about. Uh, right. You know, back then it might you might be talking about detente with the Soviet Union and, and making peace with the communists, you know, or something like that. You know, But I mean anymore we it's just every day i'm looking and just seeing the destruction of the west morally financially philosophically every way a a a system of governance a philosophy of governance can be destroyed we're actively in the midst of it i i I was just listening to victor boot i guess it's what they call him you know and you know he was yeah i I love how they change his name they, they, they recently changed his name from Victor Bout uh, to Victor Boot. It, it's like the pronunciation change. He goes away. To, he does a dime in federal prison. Now, all of a sudden, he's, uh, uh, they, they change his name as well. Uh, it's, it's just it, it's, it, it's like how they, they change the spelling from uh, or, or the pronunciation of Kiev to Kiev. Uh, you know, it, it kind of did it overnight. They were like, no, this is how you're going to pronounce it from now on. And, uh, you know, all, all the, the news media folks got, got read in on it. And, uh, you know, literally, because we know that, that they literally did. Anyway, 
But yeah, Victor. Well, Val. I mean, he he's decrying the, the absolute collapse of the West, and and I and you we watch it every day. Every every institution uh, that made up America that that one time was like we were the wonder of the world. It was like the ancient nation of Israel when Solomon was king, and he made gold like the pebbles on the ground. I mean, the, the we, leaders around the world came to see him. And, and just partake of his wisdom. I mean, uh, you know, and it was his downfall, but a lot of women came to see him too because of his beauty and his wisdom. I mean, you know, it it, it was the quintessential place to be in, in that time frame. And yet, you know, even though they had it all, I mean, great architecture, uh, great literature, God spoke to them. They had the temple where God dwelt. They, the financial blessing, military conquest, <clears throat> they gave it all away uh, for the for the gods of the Canaanites, you know, pleasure and sex and debauchery and all of that. And I mean, if there was ever a historical paradox, parallel, we have to look at, at the United States because we had that. We were the world's leader. I and mean, you look at the technologies of the world from flight to trains to electricity, you name it, we've developed it. Our finances, blessed people, our hospitals, our philosophy, we went around the world and healed people. Everything about America was exceptionalism. And today we have a stuttering old dementia fool around the country. Right now, we still have, you know, Nancy Pelosi, the drunk with the kind of weird husband who likes to have entertained unusual type people. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> was that a good yeah was that a good political positive spin on and then we have you know the cackling dealer um you know I mean, which we don't see right. her much anymore they they got her under wrap somewhere but yeah. but i mean you know we have fallen so greatly and every institution in, in america you know reflects that i mean you know from from recently sam brinton who, you know, the luggage thief, the, the cross-dressing luggage thief, uh, you know, to our, to our Surgeon General. To, I mean, throughout our government, we've become a laughing stock around the world. Uh, you know, soldiers go right. into Poland and other places like that, and, they're, and they're, they're, they're asked all these questions. Do you really believe this? I mean, are you bringing this with you? And because of political correctness, they have to answer the question. So you, we, we're seeing right now, Matt, the collapse of our monetary system. And I, we're going to get into that in a bit when we talk about Mendevev, his 10 predictions for the next year or so. Um, we've seen the collapse of American education. I mean, what, you know, what they say, like Chinese students are learning calculus, advanced physics, particle physics, all, all these things that they're learning. I mean, we're teaching our children, you know, how to emasculate themselves. Uh, you know, our religious right. institutions, you know, that once held the moral high ground uh, I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that we don't see some moral failure of some major, you know, religious leader. Uh, you know, the the Bible, the law of God has been completely abandoned in most churches. So in, in, in every way I was saying, you know, America is really in a catastrophic freefall. Now, can it be turned around? I don't know. Um, it's it, it's it's a spiritual problem. I think it's first and foremost a spiritual problem, but it's also a problem that if even if we do turn it around, in my opinion, 
uh, there's going to be decades of, of repair to do. I, I mean, we have at least three generations of children that have been raised in a hardcore Marxist environment in school. And the most of these children, I don't know if you've ever talked to them. I have. And and it, it's just like there's a wall there that you can't get through to them because they've had been indoctrinated with Marxism. You know, capitalism is bad. Everything about America that once made us great is bad. Um, and, and so there, there's a lot of work to do. But in the interim, I, I think we're going to see the reflections of where we've gone, just like the nation of Israel saw those reflections. And, and you know, I think the, the, the snowstorm in Buffalo is a perfect reflection of what I'm talking about. A morally collapsed yeah. people. They need they don't need any provocation whatsoever to start looting. And I mean, you know. I wouldn't agree with it, but I could understand if they were hungry and they broke into the Piggly Wiggly and were stealing food. I mean, you know, hunger does drive people to do things. But, I mean, I saw them walking down the street with large screen TVs and just yeah. stealing everything. And then when they went into these stores, they weren't even they weren't even gentle about it. They were just tearing everything apart, leaving them look like, you know, a, a locust had been through there and just tore everything apart. So, I mean, that's just a right. reflection. and. And I don't know. I, I have my own suspicions. But as we look at the infrastructure, which, you know, two things I want to point out and why I think the infrastructure tax are not Billy Bob with his pit bulls and, you know, AR-15. You know, Marxists have a playbook they go by. And the playbook is always the same. The government can't protect you. And the government can't provide for you. And. And then when people lose faith in those tenets of government, which government is supposed to do, when they lose faith in that, obviously the revolution has a strong man or a system, you know, that you can buy into by, by your allegiance or whatever, and they provide, you know, the, the protection racket. And, and you look, what our government has done, I mean, what the Democratic Party has done, which I call the Communist Party, they have destroyed law enforcement in this nation they if they haven't completely defunded them they've emasculated them to where they can't do anything and we just see over and over and over again those businesses aren't protected people are just uh, you can get california you can steal in illinois in a few days they're going to have that no bond law so you know the the police won't be able to protect and people lose faith in their government at that point and then the other tenant is the government can't provide for you. And we look at the supply chain collapse, you know, with, with food and with fuel, all these things, electricity, they can't provide. And so people lose faith in the government. And what do they get out of it? I think they've been talking about something called the Great Reset. I mean, I, I don't know why people can't see this. I know because they've gone through the public education system and most public education systems are absolutely abhorrent you know, of what, you know, what they're supposed to be learning, they don't learn uh, history. They don't learn that. But that's why I see us at that the the whole system, the purpose of government, if you read the Constitution, is for protection and to ensure commerce, you know, interstate commerce, the commerce between states. And that's all being broken down. And it's right. not it's not being done accidentally it's being done on purpose because that is the marxist playbook in a nutshell 
No, it, it, no they're, they're absolutely, absolutely 100%. 100% if, if, if anybody, anybody is, disputing, is disputing, hey, you, hey you've, you've got a little bit of an echo in the background. Um, a little bit. I, let me turn the volume down a little bit and see if that helps. Okay. Yeah. You there? You there? I'm here. Can you hear me okay. now? Yes. All right. Yeah, I, I don't hear an echo now. All right. So anyway, um, no, you're, you're absolutely correct in that. And it's very interesting. It, we're at an interesting position that I think um, a lot of people, conservatives and, you know, what what we call normies too. you know, everybody knows those normies, the, the guys that, uh, you know, well, yeah, politics, I don't like being political and I don't like to do, you know, eh, I'm just going to uh, have my house in suburbia and, you know, stick my head in the sand. Right. But they're all kind of waking up to the reality that we're we're living in a very, very dangerous time right now. Um, they are all waking up. I, I mean, just over Christmas, I had some conversations with folks that, you know, in, in my personal life. I don't get very political with people. I, I don't really have a lot of uh, conversations because, you know, you don't necessarily need to in, in your day to day life. And, and nobody necessarily likes that guy, even even if it's somebody I agree with. And we all know those people that, you know, like, yeah, OK, but don't don't we have something better to talk about right now? But, um, you know, over the holidays, talking to some family members and talking talking to some friends I haven't talked to in a long time that we don't discuss politics. Uh, we, we just don't do it. And they all pointed out, Hey, you know, there's, there's some serious stuff on the yeah. horizon. Yeah. And one of the people in particular that, that mentioned some things to me would have never, ever made any sort of comment like that in the past. That one took me by surprise. And I said, wow, you know, if, if you're paying attention, then there's a lot of people paying attention. And so where I think that we are, where I'm going with this is, you know, we we had this this um, we, we all grew up with. I, I know, you know, the the 1960s generation and forward, um, you know, all, all the way up to Gen X and the early millennials had this this uh, idealized federal government that that we looked up to that was above corruption that was inherently infallible and you know when uh ruby ridge happened now all of a sudden wait a minute you know th th maybe there's some problems here and well you know that was the atf and and they've got some issues although the fbi was was at the forefront of, of ruby ridge it's frequently pinned over on the ATF, but the ATF absolutely was responsible for Waco, uh, top to bottom. And it was bad police work. It was corrupt police work. And they, 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 they all know it. Uh, everybody knows that. And where we are now is the corruption is too blatant to hide. They can't hide it. And so a lot of people now have this problem with rectifying um, you know, this cognitive dissonance between, well, you know, I, I don't want to believe that my government would do these things that, you know, we're, we're no better than East Germany under the Stasi. But at the same time, the evidence is staring you in the face. They rigged it, an election. It's, 
they've done this if, over if and you can, over. If you can't see it, I mean, from Twitter, the explosion expo- that Twitter has made that it's basically a government entity um, right. to, the, you know, the Russia collusion files where every Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, oh, it's Russia, actually, Russia, Russia, Russia. And it's absolutely been disproven that it was Russia, that it was true. The, it was the difficult time. Right. The, the difficult time that I think a lot of people are having, and, and even those, you know, that may be in federal law enforcement as well uh, at, at, you know, the various agencies, they're having a hard time rectifying the fact that your management is inherently corrupt. You know, hey, wake up. Your management is corrupt. You know, I was uh, doing some farm work today and, uh, you know, that's why we came on the air a little bit later than than originally intended. And, you know, getting getting stuff done, cleaning up after this deep freeze and the windstorm and everything that we had and, you know, we got some trees down and, you know, having to do some chainsaw work and, and some, uh, some wood chipper and, uh, you know, running all the equipment and, you know, having having a great time because I love doing all that stuff. But I was listening to in the background an interview that, you know, because all the talk show guys have. They, you know, their guest hosts on between the holidays, between Christmas and the new year, you know, they're taking that time off and, you know, had, had, they had a guest host on for uh, Beck. I think it was, I don't know. I ended up cutting the guy off, but cause I, I just couldn't listen to it anymore. But he had an FBI agent on who, uh, you know, this, this guy was, uh, he was asking him about the uh you know the the twitter files and you know the corruption that's come out of the san francisco field office and what what we see now that that is very very blatant and this guy you can tell you know this is one of those old school southern insults here that you know oh his heart was in the right place right i almost caught myself saying it and maybe it is you know, he maybe maybe he is attracted to the nobility of the mission. And and there is that, that again, that cognitive dissonance there that he cannot rectify the fact that an organization that he believed at, at its moral center was good and inherently infallible. And it is it is fallible. It is very much fallible and it is corrupt and rotten to the core. And so this this guy was asked point blank, hey, you know, well, if if uh, you could tell your superiors, your special agent in charge, right, the hierarchy that, hey, you know, there are problems here and I don't think that I could go along with this. And he hesitated. And as somebody who was trained in interrogations, listening to him, he spoke with bated breath after that and he he knew. That he could not answer that question truthfully. There was no way that he could do that. And so that that and, and I cut it off right after that because there, there was no there was no more point in listening to this, even for background noise. You know, not gonna listen to this crap anymore, not gonna listen to this guy anymore. And there's a lot of Americans out there, and I'm gonna tell you something, especially in the younger generations, you know, my generation, the late Gen X and the millennials, where all of that respect that we had. That's all gone. The honor of, of that profession is all gone. It's all gone. You're not going to get it back. And so for for the the Hannity's of the world and for the conservative pundits of the world that are saying, yeah, oh, well, it might be a few bad apples, a few bad apples at the top. No, the, the whole barrel is rotten at this point. Uh, there is no bringing that back. You're not going to bring that back. And we know now that, you know, not to, to turn this into a rant about the FBI, but we know now 
that they are a political organization. They were always a political organization, and that's the raw truth of the matter, but they are absolutely 100%. It cannot be hidden now. It cannot be whitewashed. You cannot lie to the American people. We know what you did. You are a political organization. You put your thumb on the scale of objectivity and fairness. You interfered in elections. You came after. You weaponized all your resources and came after American citizens who had a dissenting opinion. And I'm going to tell you something. It's going to get worse. It's going to get a lot worse. I put a story up on AmericanPartisan.org. They are diverting a lot of funding now, labeling anyone who is... Uh, part of the MAGA movement, myself included, Make America Great Again movement. Folks who just love the country, we just love America. Now we're being called terrorists. Now we're being called terrorists. And they're diverting terrorism funds now to open those investigations. So a point behind all this is, is that the corruption is is way too blatant now to hide, just like what you talked about with Sam Brenton bringing that example up. You know, it, and, and had he not got caught, had he not got caught by people who were not willing to let it go, because I promise you, behind the scenes, and, and you know too, correct me if I'm wrong, but behind the scenes, you know they did everything in their power to try and sweep that under the rug, but it was too blatant to hide. It was too, they, it was already out there. They couldn't hide it. And so he went away. How many other things has that guy done? And you know, you, you were the one on this podcast. You called that out when he first got into the limelight saying, this guy's inherently corrupt. Never mind all the other stuff going on with him. Never mind, you know, all, all the the fact that they hired him because he dresses as a woman with his bald head. You know, uh, the girl from Star Trek, the motion picture wore it better. OK, uh, mm. I, I her name, but uh, Lieutenant Ilya, uh, I, I remember her character name. I don't I don't remember her because she unfortunately died not long after the uh, she was killed in a car accident right after the filming of that, that movie. But, you know, she she wore the bald head better. Uh, but uh, anyway. Still, though, to my point is that you called him out as and it was on this podcast saying that he's inherently corrupt and we have no idea what this guy's going to do. And so I think that that him stealing uh, a luggage, you know, uh, what, what was it that he stole? Was it a Louis Vuitton bag? Yeah, yeah I know, I know they were with his clothes, but I think it was a Louis Vuitton bag. Yeah. You know. I bet that pales in comparison to some of the skeletons that guy's got in his closet. Well, no I mean, doubt. I mean, he was in charge of nuclear waste disposal. And 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 the, the thing is, is this: it's you know you're known by your associates. What do they call them in law enforcement? Known associates. Okay. So known you know, yep. if I'm hanging around a bunch of drug dealers and the police stop me. I might be pure as the driven snow, but the presumption in the law enforcement is that I'm corrupt. I'm a drug dealer. Okay. So, I mean, right. The people that supported this guy, the people that were behind him, the, the, the people that had nominated him, that's their known associates. They all, it's a gaggle of them all together. And it, it, it's, it's not just reflective on Sam Brenton. It's reflective on everyone that he was associated with everyone that he had contact with in any type of meaningful way 
it's it just a, it's corruption from top to bottom. I mean, not only that, they're a laughing stock across the world. I mean, people look at that. They look at our Surgeon General, and, and they realize it, it's a mental illness. It's it and and we are infected from top to bottom with people that are mentally ill, narcissists, and and just every other type of of you know psychological illness, spiritual illness. And, and we wonder why, you know, the elements of government are catastrophically failing. They're not there to to ensure a Republican. And I don't mean by political party Republican, a republic form of government. They are absolutely in the process of undermining it. Like I said, if, if you undermine the people's faith in the government, it allows for what they're calling the Great Reset. You know, I, I Matt, I know. There are a lot of people that might be listening that are not religious people. And I and I and I just ask you to listen to my argument, not from that the fact that you might not be religious. But we, I think even those people that aren't religious would understand that religion has a powerful effect on a civilization. You know, the Islamic right. countries are powerfully affected by the teaching of Islam. Um, you know, you go to. Buddhist countries, and they're powerfully affected by the teaching of Buddha. We used to be powerfully affected by the teachings of Jesus Christ. Not we were perfect. We had a lot. We had a lot of problems, but overall, we were taught the principles of Jesus Christ: love your neighbor as yourself. You know, do do unto others as you have them do unto you. The golden rule, all those things. But if we have forsaken the gods of Christ, the God of Christianity. And we really now, if you follow these people, we are bringing back these ancient deities. In fact, I was reading St. Augustine, the City of God, which is a classic in Christianity. And St. Augustine was talking about the fact that Christians were hated so much because they looked to Christians that forbid the worship of the old pantheon of God, you know, all, all the, the Baal, Zeus, whatever. And that whenever anything right. bad happened, they the Christians were blamed because they had they were committing blasphemy in the gods. So that that's right. how they looked at it. And and now with with the you know nature at horrors, at horrors of vacuum, and now with the destruction of Christianity, you are literally seeing. I mean, you may, you saw the Commonwealth Games where they had that great big image of Baal. You looked at the the, the the dedication of the Gothard Tunnel. If you people haven't watched that ceremony, it's profoundly religious in nature, and I don't mean in a good way. The the dedication of CERN, and and all around the world yep. we see the reintroduction of these Canaanite Babylonian gods. And whenever you look at the religious and political system those gods set up, and like I said, you don't have to be religious. To, to understand the dynamics of this. Wherever the dynamics of those gods was human sacrifice, child sex trafficking, and Moloch, Beyonceaga. I mean, their little emoji thing was Moloch, which was one of the gods of Canaan, where you put the baby, you know, into the into the burning hands of Moloch and he was roasted alive. And so right. we are seeing all this paganism come back into the United States, and with it, it's bringing with spiritual power and you know belief is one of the powerful things we have 
So if I believe something firmly, it, it, it profoundly affects my actions. So as we're bringing all this paganism back in, this is why we see the sacrifice of our children. This is why we see all this pagan behavior, why the breakdown of the family. And there, there is not a political solution to this. And, and it's just, as you said, it is going to get worse and worse to where it become unimaginable. I mean, you know, I'm right. a 55 baby, you know, 1955. Um, I saw that, the, I mean, I used to pray in school. We used to say, you know, our father would shout in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We used to say that. And then I remember when we couldn't say it anymore. And then I remember 73 when they introduced the slaughter of children and all these things that have gone on and on and on. And we're in this moral free fall right now where anybody who looks at this and doesn't know where it's going. I mean, get the blinders off, pull your history books out and read. Italy and Germany were the most highest evolved nations politically, religiously. I mean, Martin Luther, Calvin, all those great religious leaders came out of those things. You know, Einstein, all the great physicists, Michelangelo, Da Vinci, you name it, Kepler. I mean, they all came out of the, those 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 countries. And because they forsook the foundation which built those men which could hold and develop those theories and, and you know, um, sciences and literature and art, architecture. They, they gave in to a different system of belief, Nazism. And you look ca how catastrophically and how fast those nations collapsed. I mean, they collapsed from, you know, the turn of the century, say the 1910s, 1920s, to the end of the 1940s. I mean, that, that was 30 some years, maybe 40. They were they laid in ruin. And I would say, just like the nation of Israel, how quickly they fell and went into captivity. The, the same yep. thing is coming here. And like I said, you don't have to be religious to understand the religion, how religious dynamic plays on a civilization. If I have a God, which I do, that tells me to love you, Matt, to do good to my enemies, to feed my enemies. You know, all those things, you know, to respect children, to respect the institution of marriage, you know, um, all that, that's going to profoundly affect the outcome of the production, what that civilization produces. On the other hand, if I have a society that says, well, you know, you know, hey, orgies are good. That's part of what God wants us to have is orgies. And that's what's the Canaanite religion, you know, all right. depravity, child sacrifice, all, all that. That's going to produce a product that that civilization is going to make. And we're in that transition right now. We are seeing this country go into a pagan environment. And I'm telling you, we have just scratched the surface. People have no idea where this is going. And I'm telling you, it is going to go very, very bad. And quickly, it's going to be quick. That echoes back a little bit. Say again. That echo. You got you got a little bit of an echo again. Hmm. Turn my mic down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it it's gonna happen quick. This is headed downhill. You know, it was it was very slow progress to where we are now, and and now it is uh, bad. 
it, it, it and it's happening quick. And so with that said, uh, uh, very interestingly, yeah, that, that echo is still definitely there. I don't know. I'm not sure. Do. Huh? Uh, can you cut the gain on the microphone now? Just, Just a little did. bit. How's that any okay. better? Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. There you go. All right, perfect. <clears throat> uh, but with that being said, Dmitry Medvedev and and Medvedev for anybody who doesn't know why Dmitry Medvedev is is critically important, he is uh, probably the second most powerful politician in Russia. Um, he has been involved in Russian politics since the collapse of the USSR and the founding of the Russian Federation. He's been a critical player in the centrist political party uh, that both he and Vladimir Putin are a part of because they are political centrists in Russia. And I, I know, uh, in, especially in this era of a lot of uh, propaganda uh, with with Russia, with regard to Russia, people are, are very willfully ignorant here in the West of Russian politics. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know, admittedly, that much, uh, but I am I do at least in earnest uh, attempt to understand, you know, the other side of the coin, the other side of the world, because if somebody is quickly trying to tell me that, that these people are my enemy, uh, then, then maybe you might want to know why uh, you might want to know a thing or two about them, you know, before I make a judgment. I, I like to to speak out of an educated stance, uh, you know, and, and there are unfortunately a large number of people in America these days that, that have a, a fundamental inability to do so. Uh, but that being said, Medvedev is is a very important figure in contemporary Russian politics as the uh, he he has for a time been the prime minister of Russia he's also been the president of the Russian Federation as well which are two different offices and uh, he he currently serves uh, in in that capacity uh, so he's he's very intertwined with the the top level brass inside of Russia and he has made a number of predictions in 2023 that uh, made its way all over Twitter, all over uh, undoubtedly Facebook, the other uh, social media outlets out there, and made some very interesting predictions. Um, you know, concerning obviously Ukraine, saying that that uh, Ukraine in 2023 was going to fold up and be occupied by uh, Russia, Hungary, and Poland, which I thought was extremely significant, given that Poland is a NATO ally. And so this would essentially, if if I read into it right and took it, took what he was saying at face value, that he was essentially saying that Ukraine was going to become uh, another East and West Germany, except split into three factions. And, you know, Hungary is uh, the, the government of Viktor Orban is not necessarily uh, friendly to Russian interests, but he's absolutely not friendly to NATO interests either. So this is going to be interesting to see how this works out. Uh, Poland is, you know, obviously there's a, a long, deep seated history between them and Russia as well. Uh, but they, they've kind of had this love hate relationship right now. Their, their relationship's pretty frosty, but we'll see, um, this, it, it is certainly an interesting prediction. He, and I think that he does know quite a bit that we don't know 
uh, in here in America that, that we're certainly not being told, but things that we can infer, things that you've heard on this podcast, such as the fact that that we cannot replace our stockpiles of munitions, uh, guided munitions, the unguided munitions, 155 shells, right? HIMARS, Javelins, Small Ds. We can't replace these in the same manner in which we have expended these munitions. And, you know, that is not propaganda. That is not, you know, oh, some BS story that was made up by Raytheon to make the Russians think that it, no. Um, they are they, they are very well aware. We are very well aware. And when you have the CEO of Raytheon, which is a publicly traded company that is going before Congress and saying, yeah, nah, it's going to be a seven year turnaround from the munitions we've expended. He, they know something that we don't know. OK, you know, your, your average citizen in America doesn't know squat about military tactics. And if you're going to be talking tactics without logistics, then you're wasting your time. Okay, so there's absolutely going to be another invasion, and this one is the one where we're going to see the the current generation equipment that the Russian army has, their actual professional army, being fielded. You know, not not the reprobates of Wagner Group, who are you know mostly guys that in prison for a wide variety of things. Um, you know, they 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 created a conscript army and. That pretty much was that. And and that's what Wagner Group is, is a, a essentially an expendable force. Right. So Medvedev has made a number of predictions here. Uh, he also predicted the collapse of the WEF and the the fact that NATO is going to absolutely not be a thing. And he made some interesting predictions about the United States as well, saying that essentially there was going to be a schism uh, there's a number of people that have have, uh, you know, spoken about secession, uh, the fact that the 10th Amendment is, is going to have some teeth and that those conversations are are actually going to be had. He, he also said some things I think were uh, a little off kilter, um, you know, Elon Musk becoming a president of, uh, you know, part of the United States, the remnants of the United States. I'm not so sure about that. Um, you know, politics. Politicians are hired by moneyed interests. That's that's the way that it works. Okay, so any, anybody that thinks that you know that that's why Donald Trump was such an anomaly in politics is because he's the guy that the politicians court for funding, uh, and and all of a sudden he gets into it. And, you know, but anyway, um, the, the, he 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 was not a traditional politician. Traditional politicians are put up to the task by moneyed interests in, in one way or another. That, that, that's the way it works. It doesn't matter whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Uh, you know, libertarians don't really factor into it because they're not the ones playing the game. Uh, so that, that's why most often they don't get on the ballot. So, um, we, but with that being said, uh, the, these predictions, if you haven't read them, if you haven't read them, Go check them out. Um, there, there's a number of outlets, AmericaPartisan.org. I put up a link to these, uh, the the thread reader that had it up. So I've got a link to these. You can you can read it. It takes you uh, straight over there to the thread reader app, and, you, and you'll be able to check that out. Um, but there, there's a number of other sites that ran these just out of fascination. 
that, you know, how, how are things being looked at on the other side of the pond? And of course, China is a big part of all this as well, was not mentioned directly, which I think is very fascinating. Uh, that's that's kind of telling that China was not mentioned directly and China is showing up. Uh, well, the, the WEF is showing up more at the table of the Chinese. Uh, so th- this is very, very fascinating. All these things are fascinating. So what do you read into this, Bob? What 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 is your take on all of this? And I know you, you've got some interesting thoughts. OK, yeah. Um, you know, it, it all boils down to two things, money and power. OK, we have a a war forming between financial systems, G20 BRICS. Okay, if you look at at how many of these predictions concern money, that to me is very telling, because what we're seeing today is a a formation of the BRICS nations, which now I don't know the validity of validity of how much of it's true. But supposedly Uganda has found just untold treasure in gold, which China is going to start minting or mining. this will give enormous resources to the BRICS nations as far as being able to back a currency. That's what this is. This whole system is about money. If you look at really what it's going on, why we want to destroy Russia. I mean, Russia spends one fifteenth of the money that we do on defense. One fifteenth. I think they got one aircraft carrier. We've got 13, I think, 12, 13. OK, it, it's about money that that really multinational corporations look at Russia as a really golden goose that timber, water, uranium, gold, gas, all this, they're massively rich in it. And, you know, just like the CIA did in the 1950s when when, when we went and overthrew the legitimate government of Iran so that the British could go in there and steal their oil, you know, we put the the straw of Iran in there. Um, we want to go in. Oh, it, it, we did it in Libya. We did it in Egypt, um, which you know now so, is going to be controlled by China. I uh, just want to throw that in there. That's they, they control so, the Panama Canal. They're going to control the Nicaraguan Canal, which is going to be new. That's uh, 2030. So you're talking about the the two major canal zones that are the linchpin of the world's economy and now the chinese control all that and and so this is a serious situation yeah it's this is a battle developing between two world government bodies and what i mean not just one government like an individual government i'm talking about multi-government bodies BRICS and g20 the west and this is why we will go to war because it's going to be only you know if you you put two different species in a closed environment one species will become dominant it's just the way nature works and right now we have two systems the chinese russia india you know south africa i mean and all these that system Versus our system. And, and this is why we will go to war. And I think a lot of what Mendevez is saying concerns money. It is. Uh, and, you know, the last thing is, is that, you know, Bretton Woods will fail. 
and the dollar and the euro will lose world uh, world trading status. That one thing, Matt, if you're not a prepper, if you're not storing food and stuff like that, that one thing, if that happens, we're bankrupt overnight. I mean, it, it, it all, because there's nothing to back the, the money that they just it keep insanely printing. I mean, it's just another $1.7 trillion. Come on, for real? You know, and, and you know, the Republicans went along with it. So right. I think I think the real takeaway from this is, you know, the EU will collapse. This is he is predicting a a political fundamental change in world governance is what he's predicting by this, not just individual things that I can look at and say, well, one, two, three, four, five. There's an overarching philosophy behind what he's talking here, and that is world a world change. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I am saying this is a catastrophic conflict. The West versus the East, and only one of these systems is going to come out on top. I can absolutely tell you when intelligence services do their thing, the reason we steal the other's technology, I mean, when China steals our technology, they're not just stealing, you know, a, a, a new tank. They are saving trillions of dollars. It's all about money because how much money do you think, Matt, China has saved in R&D, research and development, by stealing our technology or having to give it to them? Trillions. Exactly. And so this is what Mendevez is saying. There is a financial war coming, a philosophical war coming, and he's predicting the West isn't going to fare too well in it. Now, history will tell, but I do think he's absolutely pinpoint on accurate that the war is coming and it's going to be a financial war. I mean, you know, they're already talking about the Great Reset. We have to destroy everything because they know Brenton Wood is in trouble. And so they're trying to scurry to get a new financial system in place. Then when, when, when the game of cards is up for the West, as far as the dollar, they have something that they can compete with. And, you know, what they say, what happens when goods don't cross borders? Armies do. Right. And I, and I think we're seeing that skirmish in the war right now with all these you know, boycotts. You know, you can't buy this. We can't get this from them. They can't do that. The Chinese don't. We're seeing the limitation of trade. And I forgot who right. said it, but when when, when um, goods don't cross borders, armies do. And, and I that's my takeaway from this. The big takeaway is he is he sees he's an astute, smart guy. You don't have to like him. You don't have to agree with him. But he's still an astute, smart guy who understands history. And right. he is making a prediction that there is coming a fundamental change in world governance. Now, that remains to be seen who will win, the East or the West. But he understands the dynamic of the corruption and the rot of the West right now. And he sees the potential for what happens. And, the, and then the Civil War thing I mean, I, I want to address that. He predicts a civil war in the United States. Well, you know, we had a civil war in this country, Matt, when 
everybody who fought in that civil war, when I say everybody, now I'm just using hyperbole, but overall, everybody was a Christian. Everybody spoke English. Right. Everybody had the same ancestors. Everything was ideal as far as, you know, hey, we can get along. We can work this out. And they didn't. 500,000 people died. Right. Today in America, we don't have the same religion. We don't have the same ethnicity. And I'm not I'm not trying to be racist when I say that. I'm just saying that's observational no, fact. Um, we don't have it, it, it's a fact. Yeah, we don't have the same. We don't have the same language. We don't have the same culture. I mean, a lot of people came from cultures that just are totally alien to Western culture. And he understands, Mendez understands that. And I will say this unequivocally right now. America right now is in a civil war. Sort of cold, but we're in a civil war. I mean, I I, I as a person, say we're we're a about to be in a, a very hot civil war and that there is 100 percent one side fighting it you know it, it's which i'm going to do a separate podcast where i'm going to be breaking down the, all the substation attacks that that are yes. happening where i'm going to be diving into that deep but that is probably the biggest uh significant activity and, uh, you know, for anybody that's that's spent any time overseas in a, a uh, combat or, or intelligence capacity knows that we track things in terms of what we call SIGACs or significant activities. And they they're all in a matrix known as Carver. Right. And from Carver, there's also Sweat MC. And, you know, I, I cover all this stuff in class and, and I'm going to be diving into it in a podcast soon. But um it, it's following that and absolutely. this is absolutely happening and this goes back to what i was saying about the fbi is that the you know that guy that that was on doing that interview today and i forgot his name and, and it was glenn glenn beck whoever the fill-in for him today was the guy that was doing the interview but um the the and, and i don't recall his name either but they they don't re- realize these these people that are part of the the powered elite status in in the government do not realize that the the left the real deal militant left the communists that are in the United States are at war with them just as much as they are at war with us okay they, they it's it, they they're at war with the United States period and they have turned a very convenient blind eye to that, saying, well, we, we, we have to go after this MAGA terrorist. We have to go after this because th- that is politically convenient for them to do so because they've been politicized. They've turned a complete blind eye to this. And yeah. so we you're now in a very, very dangerous, very precarious situation. And when Medvedev, this all ties into what Medvedev was saying, because when he says that there's going to be a civil war in the United States, I just ran a story this morning. Russian and Cuban assets are moving across the southern border. Okay. Why do I call them assets? Because you don't just show up from Russia and cross the southern United States border illegally. Okay. You don't do that. That That's not something that you're going to do, especially when your nations are in a de facto state of war. All right. 
Cuba is a longtime ally of the Russian government and are a proxy of the Russian government. And because we fundamentally failed in every attempt at rectifying that, because we really, the people in D.C. really don't know what they're doing or have a long-term strategy behind all this, these things are intertwined with one another. And we're in a very precarious situation. There's no captain at the helm of the ship. And so when when Medvedev is saying, hey, there's going to be a civil war in the United States, he ain't talking 1861. Okay, 2023 might not be 1861. It ain't going to look like that. It's going to look a lot more like bleeding Kansas. Right. Because they know they know the revolutionary timeline. They know how to foment revolutions. They've been doing it all across the world. And they're going to do it here in the United States, too. Antifa is a big part of that. And the FBI, because of its politicization, thinks that, well, you know, the ADL, the ACLU, and these organizations that are telling us to turn a blind eye to this idea that is Antifa, right? We're going to turn a blind eye to it. We're going to be complicit in it, in their, their real insurrection, the very real insurrection that's going on, right? You know, Matt, they, um, they are coming for the United States government. They're yeah. going to do it. They're going for it. OK. And, and, and I, you know, I say this as somebody who has fought against this stuff and I see what this is. is coming. You know, so it, 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 if folks, you know, if you're not getting set up for it now and get, get yourself prepared for it now and taking every opportunity you can to improve your position, you're wrong. Absolutely. You know, you know, Matt, one thing that really is, I think, very telltale is how federal law enforcement, even local law enforcement, are the, the verbiage they're using uh, concerning the attacks on these power stations, which communications will be next. You take down power and communication and every, all the rest of the infrastructure fails. Um, but and they actually called the ones in Washington recently burglars or vandals. This is right. terrorism. They're, they're afraid to use that word. Uh, they know it's not Billy Bob. Uh, it could be state-sponsored, state-sponsored actions right now. This could be the Russians doing it. It could be the Chinese doing it. Now, they're not, they don't have Russian people over here doing this. They hire mercenaries to do it. And... You know, and and this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Why why even waste the money, right? Why even waste the money? If if I know that I have a proxy, right? Somebody that I don't even need to care about or agree with and somebody that I know is one, you know, bad batch of heroin away, one fentanyl fix away from ODing in a parking lot anyway. And I don't care, right? Because that's how the Russians see this. They don't care. You know, you're you're an expendable asset to us. It doesn't you you don't matter. But we're gonna treat you really good. We're gonna act like you know you are the greatest thing while we're feeding your habit and you're gonna do our bidding. And it's extremely cheap, right? Yes. You know, and, and folks, anybody that doesn't believe any of this. You know, th- this is two guys on this podcast that, you know, have a, a level of training in clandestine activities and, you know, something that, that I've done many podcasts on. We, you know, we've talked about, you know, teach 
uh, a few of those techniques in class, right? But that being said, if if you want real world examples of this, and, and was probably the the best show uh, to be put on TV at least in the past twenty years, watch The Americans. Okay, The Americans was real. I mention it a lot. Because it was written by Joe Weisberg, who was a career counterintelligence officer. The guy knows his stuff. Okay, he knew his stuff inside. Knows his, he's still alive. Knows his stuff inside and out. And that is the playbook. That is exactly what they're doing. You want to talk about covert activities and clandestine activities and sabotage operations and how all of that stuff is run? That show was a almost a how-to guide written in fiction based on real cases that Joe Weisberg saw as a career counterintelligence officer. So, you know, and to think that this isn't going on right now, when our two nations are in a de facto state of war, you, you have, you're living on another planet. If you don't think that this, this is as serious and every bit as dangerous as it would have been treated in 1941, right? Or any other time when nations go to war. And and the fact that the FBI has apparently turned a complete blind eye to it. And they would rather go after patriotic Americans. They would rather go after people who are only seeking the truth for political motivation. That should tell you everything you need to know. We are alone in this fight. And you got to get ready for what's next. I'm telling you folks. I cannot say it with enough passion. You need to take every opportunity to get yourself prepared and get yourself trained because this ain't business as usual, and it's only going to get worse from here. I I agree with you. I mean, you know, I was listening to John Ritter, former, um, you know, weapons inspector for the United Nations, and he is absolutely positive. You know, we're going to have a catastrophic failure as far as in in Ukraine. We're not going to win this war. Russia's going to win it and which will embolden them more and it will destroy you know any any um faith the americans had in the u.s military it, it, it'll just it, it, it'll be it evaporate you know just like you said with uh, law enforcement federal law enforcement the america's view of it now is in the toilet or the, absolutely our government it, it, you know that no they're i think they almost have negative approval ratings um at every institution and matt what do you, what would we expect what happened in vietnam we lost what happened in iraq we lost right. what happens in afghanistan we lost what happens in libya we lost we lost all these wars after spending enormous treasure and more important the lives broken lives people did not come home alive but the emotional wreck it, it turned a lot of people into we lost Right. And and we're dumping treasure into a country. I mean, you know, you can go on YouTube and, and, you know, Zelensky, the comic. I mean, you can watch him play the piano with his Johnson. I mean, that's what he used to do. This is the guy we've given, what, a hundred billion dollars to. And and his his wife can go on shopping sprees in Paris. Buying mansions, I mean, you know, while while the people of his nation are suffering, yeah, and, and he's and being coached along by Western interests. And the accountability of these weapons, nobody knows where they're going to. 
I mean, you know, I, I had a I had a theory that, you know, with Victor Bout, I mean, you know, the U.S., I, I knew from the very second I saw that they've traded him for um, um, Brittany, what's her name, um, that there was some kind of back deal with this. No, 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 no. Uh, this isn't, you know, this guy worked for the CIA. Now, indirectly, hey, I mean, they paid $60 million in U.S. funds to smuggle or get weapons into Iraq. And you just right, wonder, right. <laughs> you know, what we're going to use them for next. I mean, you, you do. I, 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 I still think of all those weapons left in Afghanistan. There's a lot of money there for someone to have and to be made. Um, and right. the weapons in, in Iraq, I mean, Ukraine right now. Um, you know, if they've gone black market, I mean, you know, as soon as we left Afghanistan, they wrote those weapons right out of the inventory. They were gone. They went black. Right. That that eighty two billion dollars that might get somebody's attention. Like I want some of that money. Um, and then God knows how much we've sent in, in weaponry to Ukraine. Um, right. And we we're going to lose this war. And, and this is what I want people to see. It's not about American prestige anymore. These people leading this country don't care about our the prestige. They don't care about what we look like on the world stage. They don't care if it's America exceptionalism. They care about their perversion and their pocketbook. That's all. Right. And as you said, if you're not really putting yourself in a position right now, positioning yourself away from, you know, John Q. American, you know, sit down and, you know, I've got my beer and I've got my TV set. Um, and I don't watch a football game. You know, if, if you're not positioning yourself away from that to where you're taking that extremely valuable time. I mean, what, what do they say? You know, Elon Musk could lose $200 billion. He could earn it back, but he can't earn back the time. Right. And none of us can earn back that time. And so if you're wasting the time, it's something, it's an irretrievable asset. You only have so much of it. You necessarily spend it every day. I spend another day today. It's gone forever. If you're not taking the time right now, to, you know, I'm, I'm, and Matt didn't ask me to do this, but, but take his classes, some of us or somebody's classes, you know, and, and it might not be, it, may, it might be a gardening class on how to raise your own food, but getting that education, the knowledge, and I'm telling you, you get in a situation where there's limited assets and there's choices to be made of who's going to get some of those assets and who isn't, you take the guy who can you know, I can build a house, I can fix this, I can garden, I can fix your car, you know, I can I can use my gun, I can use a radio, or somebody who says, well, I know who won the World Series in 1952. Who do you think's going to get those assets? I mean, right. and so it's this time we have to make ourselves better in every aspect. I mean, you know, I'm a prepper, but at, at the same time, you know, I, I, I want to that physical realm, but I understand also the importance of developing friendships and uh, with good and moral people. I also, for me, uh, developing, you know, my faith with God, that I have that moral strength to know what's right and wrong. And it doesn't matter what somebody else tells me, I know what's right and wrong. And, you know, taking the time to develop all those that make Bob Griswold or, you know, you, who we are, versus the person who just sits there drinks beer, chugs it down and, you know, 
doesn't do any training or, or, or even prepping or put his food aside for his family. I just encourage people to go get a book called The Savage Continent. OK, uh, you can get it off Amazon. You want to read what happens when a society collapses. If this is what happened to Italy after, you know, when, when it, it, it fell to the allies. I mean, every human depravity was known in Italy during that time. Because there was no food, there was no shelter, no electricity, and it was just raw, savage survival. And, you know, you turn the electricity off in this nation. You have a financial collapse in this nation with a dollar. You know, it does, you know, Weimar Germany dollar, you know, hyperinflation very quickly. You take the cell phone and communication down from people. And. I would say you would long for the days of what was written in that book, The Savage Continent, because it's going to be far worse. Italy at that time was a very religious nation. I mean, you know, Catholicism, it's the home of Catholicism. Very religious people. It was very enlightened people. And yet they turned to brutality, savagery, you know, uh, husbands pimped their wives and their children out to make to get money for food. So I would say this, you know, I, I'm not the best historian in the world, but I've read a lot of history. I know you have, Matt. And a lot of the, the, the symptoms of disease, uh, national sickness that you see in all the collapse of great empires, we see them today redlining. And if history is any indication of what is going to happen here, Buffalo, just look what happened there. Didn't take long. Yep. Just imagine that on a nationwide scale. If 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 this these are beta tests, these these transformer things are beta tests. Imagine if it if it's just not in Washington or Moore County or, but it happens in a hundred places at one time. Right. Imagine if the dollar collapsed because if if it, if the dollar loses reserve currency status, we're bankrupt overnight. Completely bankrupt. That's it. It's gone. Uh, I could give you six or seven other incidences of things that could happen. You know, where communication goes down or, or something happens and you're on your own or the network of friends that you've developed. You know, if, if you have friends that know every score football team and all of that, then that's the people you're going to be around to get you through the crisis. Other, on the other hand, if you've, you know, gone to Matt's classes and developed friends and you guys can, you know, watch each other's back, you have the ability to communicate back and forth through a neighborhood, all, all those things. You have a medic, you know, people can make food, people can, you know, uh, pr provide protection. You're going to fare much better because as I see it, and I think as Mendevez sees it, he sees a, a a world change is what he's talking here. Th th these nine predictions he makes are not little bitty predictions. Th this is these this is empire changing predictions he's making. And we do see absolutely the financial battle between the East and the West right now. And that's what this war with Russia is about. It's about money. And I do think it is going to be a hot war possibly nuclear but the way 
they would attack us, the David and Goliath way is exactly what we're seeing, our infrastructure coming into attack. It's cheap to do. It's very, very effective. It could be catastrophic on uh, a populace. And I think that's what we see going on. And that's why I just say with all somberness, um, you know, use this time you have, your assets, whatever financial assets you have. I mean, you know, we sell food, but I mean, if you go down and just buy an extra couple cans of tuna fish, a couple bags of rice, you know, get yourself a couple bowfangs, um, you know, take some of Matt's classes. You're going to be in a position far, far better to survive what is coming than than 90% of America. They're benzodiazepined out. I mean, you know, they're they're strung out on either legal or, or illegal drugs. Why do I carry a gun? Because one in every five Americans is chemically altered. That's why. Um, I mean, so if you take this time, this is an encouragement. I've been all over the world. I think the last count was 42 different countries. You know, I've been some good countries and some countries where you just see basic survival. It's day-to-day survival. Um, and the people who, you know, don't just sit there and wait for things to happen, but kind of like the people who train so they can make things happen, are, are the ones that are going to have a far, far greater chance to uh, to overcome it. And not only them, but their children, um, their families, you know. Uh, you, you, you know, I was just telling somebody about um, – Marco Island and all those islands that were attacked with that hurricane, which basically was a nuclear war on them. You know, you had you if you had a couple guys with night vision, you had a couple guys with ham radios. That those those two guys with radios and two guys with night vision could have such a profound impact on that community because they could communicate out and tell the, the world what's going on and what they need, and the guys with the night visions could protect because looters come out at night. Four guys, four, four maybe gals, could have a profound impact on the on the recovery of that community if if looters had gone crazy. And and that's all it takes. Right. It doesn't take a lot. So I, that's what I just encourage. Will you be that guy? I mean, you know what the quote by Heraclitus? You know, like ninety percent of the people who go to war are cannon fodder. You know, ten are right. warriors, but one is a leader, and that leader is going to bring the others home alive. That be that guy, be that guy. Right. Brother, you know, sound definitely sound advice coming in one hour, 10 minutes. And it's like, we just got started. Uh, there is nothing quite like having a wonderful conversation with a close friend, a fellow Christian, a man of, of just, wonderful like-mindedness uh brother thank you for the time that you've shared with us uh for your wisdom your knowledge and uh you know staying engaged in that fight thank you so much oh man it's always my pleasure i love i love being with you uh, we we're such kindred spirits um you know you know like they say me casa you casa anytime you need a place to stay brother you're here Amen. You know, and, and, and of course it's reciprocated. Uh, so for all of you out there uh, listening to, to this podcast and, and uh, saying, wow, you know, hopefully, hopefully it, it is our hope 
not to sell you fear at all. It's a sober look. You know, it's a sober analysis, a look in the mirror to say, hey, you know, the, there is something serious going on here. You know, selling folks fear, that could be any number of other things. Oh, you know, climate change, and, you know, all, all these these things and, you know, naming winter storms that we're going to have every year. That's selling you fear. Having a sober analysis of the reality of the situation is a horse of a different color entirely. And that is something that you need to warm up to the situation and understand that that we are in a very precarious place right now. And what you do, those measures that you are taking right now to better prepare yourself for, for an uncertain tomorrow in every way possible, what you do today, I promise you, it's going to have an impact down the road. It is going to set you up for success down the road. When others are busy looting things, I mean, look at Buffalo, right? Look at Buffalo, New York. And you don't want to be caught in that. But uh, with that said, folks, God bless all of you. And get out there. Get after it. The Gorilla's Guide to the Baofeng Radio still a number one bestseller over on Amazon. If you haven't got your copy yet, you definitely need one. I wrote the book for you. If you are just getting started in communications, I wrote the book for you, folks. With that being said, God bless. Good night. Talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout out.